Chris Grant, I would have thought that you would have been, you know, King Podcast Supreme. I would have thought that you would know your, your way around a podcast. Do you know how they say you never forget how to ride a bicycle? Yeah. I just fell off a bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. fell off the bike a long, long time ago. No, yeah. And then... And then, and then you're like struggling to climb back onto the bike and it keeps rolling. Is it one of those tall, like a, like it's a pether, penny farthing? I fell off I the always, bike about two years ago and then I just, I just laid down on the road. Bikes <laughs> are so different now. It's like that scene in Total Recall where it's like, he doesn't know how to use the shells. Is that Total Recall? No, no here's what it is. Demolition Man. God. I was Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall and then I went back to, to be recalled again. Okay. That's that, that's that story. And all of a sudden Colin Farrell's there and it's like, what is going on? Start the reactor. I, I always knew that Ludwig was propping you guys up on that show. <laughs> you guys, me and I'm a I know I'm a continued season podcast professional. Oh, I say okay. I didn't get off the bike. The bike. I am the bike. <laughs> I am the bike. That means Chris was riding you two years ago. Felt like that sometimes. <laughs> Justin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. My um, my yeah, name is not ahead. Chris Plan, it's Chris Grant. And I'm not sure if I know the best thing of the week, but I'm going to do my best and I'm going to work really hard. My <laughs> name is Russ Rutschick and I know the best game of the week. Every Chris, week I know, people, I know you don't listen to our podcast and I don't blame you, but he does that all the time. I know, I, Every I week people him. listen in, they hear, oh, the besties have a substitute. I hope it's Russ Freshtick this time. And it, it that intro is. just hits them. Substitute those sonic. lies for fact. What can I say? <laughs> this is the besties where we talk about the latest and greatest in art, sandwiches, sculpture, music, movies, TV, film, and games. Uh, this week we're we're focusing on games as we talk about the uh, the latest and greatest in interactive entertainment. Uh, guys, it's not just it's not just Pong anymore. Nope. You know. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> it seems like only yesterday that arcades started springing up. Miss Pac Man. I don't get what's so different from her from regular Pac Man. Remember this noise from your childhood? Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong. Well, games have grown up. Now this one lets you fuck things. What? It's called Fable. Guys, I um, so I brought my favorite arcade game of the week. I should mm-hmm. I'll show myself out. Sorry. Uh, yeah. It's Clax. Spoiler. <laughs> Zaxxon. This is the '90s, and it's time for Clax. Um, let's uh let's get right into it. Uh, Chris Grant, you're our guest, our esteemed guest. So maybe you c- um. By the way, uh, Chris Plant has the he has diarrhea. Chris Grant, what's your uh, best thing of the week? Pepto-Bismol. I use it yeah, preemptively. It's so helpful. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he drinks it like they do at the beginning of Problem Child. I just want to make sure I don't ever have that problem. Yeah. <clears throat> um, my best thing of the week. Uh, I'm going to pronounce this for you. Uh, rimmed capsule. R- rimmed capsule. You want to spell it? Maybe that'll be easier, and people can just like it, it'll be like a fun game for the home home team where they can try and say it themselves. Guys, it's mostly full. It's got like umlauts in it. I'm not even yeah. sure. This is the best use of consonants in a game title of 2013. I'm gonna give them some some credit though because their Google juice on this term has to be absolute. 
I mean, they must Perfect. just dominate. It's uh, R Y M D K A P S E L. Okay, Rune now cl- the close the window and spell it again. R R Y M D S K A P S E L. Incorrect, <laughs> but it was a good try. Uh, what's Rim Capsule, Chris? So uh, I haven't played a ton of it. Um, it is a mobile game. It's for iOS and Android. The Android version is PlayStation Mobile compatible, which mm. means you can also get it on your Vita if you want. Um, it is a, it's like a strategy puzzle game. Uh, so it's kind of like strategy light. Would you call it a strategy game? No, I wouldn't actually. That sounds delicious. Yeah, <laughs> I would call it a strutzel. on top. Mm. Um, but um, it's a it's like a it's like a strategy light. Although apparently it gets very complicated. Like I said, I haven't played a ton of it, but um, mixed with uh, puzzles. So it's like every level is like a kind of puzzle that you need to beat. But you beat it using the kind of mechanics of base building and resource management. Um, and it has these really uh, kind of simple but elegant isometric flat graphics where you play as like little you know the the characters are little not characters the minions they call it your little resource guys are little pixels and it is a very unique aesthetic um it works really well on touch um it's it's really simple to control and the fixed camera helps uh it's on ios it is a um, universal app, so you can use it on your iPad. And I found on the iPad it is way easier to control. The text is so small on the iPhone, it's almost hard to read. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. So what, what is the motivating factor for these little pixel people? What, what, what do they want? Heroin? You wouldn't understand. I mean... Because you know, all, all that you want, Russ, is heroin. So it's like beyond your <laughs> yeah. comprehension that anybody would want anything else yeah. for any reason. Maybe I mean, they're sick of much. having their isometric plane attacked huh? by red mm-hmm. pixels. And they by wanna, a red baron? And they want to defend themselves. Wait, yeah, plane? They, well, it's a, they live on like a... It's like a space It's station. like a big plane. No, it's a... It, I've played some of it, and Chris isn't doing is like it, a so traditionally it, But it's got wings, and it flies. It's a plane. 
It's mm. no, it's a space station. And this has been oh. another installment of Homonym Theater with your <laughs> plane host, is a homonym. Russ There's it's it's an isometric plane. So it's boring. No, it's it's pretty. Yeah, they're they're as you. I played some of it too. So let me let me just hop in because I played a lot. You. Your base has all the sort of basic components that you're you're used to with RTS. There's like um, uh, reactors that you use to gather in, an energy resource. There are these like collection rooms that you have to attach to uh, some sort of I don't know what if it's a gas or something. It's like a, you know, it's like a floating resource mit- that you yeah grab. floating asteroid of some sort that you can mine to get more stuff. But all the rooms have to be connected by corridors. Uh, and it costs you energy to uh, build more corridors and more rooms. And with more corridors and more rooms, you can uh, build more rooms for minions. You can make a garden to feed more minions, that sort of thing. Uh, but you're expanding your base out to try to reach these uh, monoliths that are floating in space. Uh, and if you reach them, you uh, c- get an upgrade to your abilities. So, like, your defensive capabilities increase or movement speed of your minions increase um but you're constantly under threat of attack from these the, these waves of red enemies and you have a, actually a countdown timer on the screen that's telling you how close you are to uh to to an attack mm, stressful. Um, and your minions are actually the ones who have to do your base defense too so the game is sort of about expanding your base and, and exploration and trying to, to reach these monoliths while still balancing your need for security and how much can you expand or how long can you go without you know returning to your defensive positions to try to pick those off. And you also have to expand because you need more minions to defend against the, the stronger waves that uh, keep coming. So it's, it's I mean, it's not like, in, in terms of structure, I mean, it's not reinventing the strategy wheel but to see it presented with like this minimally is really interesting and really clarifies it so it's just i mean it's just the base elements of of strategy it fe- as someone who hasn't played it it it's uh remains very uh, sort of amorphous and hard to wrap my head around is there sort of like an elevator pitch of like why someone should play this here's the elevator pitch for me it's, remember it's this is a very or- short elevator ride Right, it's going to be less than a, f- a floor. Yep. Okay. Fisher Price, my first strategy game. Okay. Okay. It's got. Exactly, that's not, so, not exactly the best pitch. So easy building it's block. Three-year-olds should be playing this simple. strategy game. Oh, it's not. It's not that it's easy. It's that no, it's actually pretty hard. Yeah, it's actually pretty hard. It's the. I mean, the the joys are. I think the same as a lot of uh, strategy games. It's about you know expanding and and the, the the sort of enjoyment you get from building stronger defenses and making yourself tougher and exploration, which is really cool because you don't know what the the uh, the monoliths do until you reach them. Uh, so it's a little more goal driven than a lot of strategy games, um, which are uh, typically a, a lot of times about just conquering enemies. This is very much about exploring while you try to keep yourself alive. Um, so that's that's an interesting sort of twist on on what you normally get in a in a strategy. So game. so I, iPad or PlayStation Mobile because it's out on that on that PlayStation Vita. I've heard so much about too. So uh, it, well, here's an here's an easy answer. What device do you have? Do you have both? Let's say both. I got it. I got it on iOS because it worked on my iPhone and my iPad. 
and um and and the interface works really well on touch so it's like you know it's not a twin stick shooter that i think is really going to benefit from the vita and i think the vita even with its um improvements as a digital platform uh is still a pretty bad one compared to most phones even you know most android phones you are such an expat like and, it's uh, like it's like not even like you're trying to disguise it like you're waving it like a proud banner now my my microsoft ipad is definitely <laughs> here's the thing about the the vita for me number one it's a dollar more on vita which is a little <laughs> weird that's the, the deal breaker lady that's the buttons tax yep. yeah but it's like guys i can play it on my ipad and my iphone for a dollar less on a way more popular marketplace cool good job you nailed it um also playstation mobile i mean my concern with with playstation vita digital titles and why i'm a little conservative about buying them is and and i'm a new playstation plus subscriber now so i have the now monthly angst and anxiety of having to determine which of these new free games i want to download because i don't have enough room on my vita um what kind of card are you working with I got a 16 gig card. Yeah, that's what Fuck, I got too. What do you? That's plenty of room. It's Mine's, not. What do you have Mine's on full there? Up. That's like uh, four games. That's like four games. Yeah, it fills up real fast, real fast. Four, four giga. Uh, do you have fucking Skyrim and stuff? Like, what are you talking about? But games I've are got, big. Four gigabytes. I've got Metal Gear Solid. Uh, that's four, a big game. It's no, a voice. I've got, um, I've got Uncharted. I've got Persona. I've got Persona 3. Oh, PSP. well, I don't think you need two Persona games. I've got... No, well, no, but here's the problem. The act of managing your card on Vita is so bad. Not anymore. So, they added cloud saving. Boop. But they added cloud saving before. The problem is that in order to enable cloud saving, you had to do it. You had to manually back up your save games, like yourself. Or you could manually toggle it off or on for each application. Don't live in the past... They fixed but they that. they just updated. Yeah. Just updated this week, I think Tuesday. It's way then easier. Why are you wasting all of our listeners' time? You live in the past. Because it's Chris good Grant. for them to know if they don't know. Jack Trenton is weeping. Shuhei no. doesn't know how to deal with the fact that you are living in a dark, dark age where cloud saving was a pain in the ass. Called last week. Here's Called the last thing. Week. Let me put it this way the way that they have it working today is still not as good as iOS. And iOS's I, iCloud backup is considered to be horrible. I think it's actually better than iOS's iCloud backup. How? Because you can see like when everything was da- like when the last file was uploaded I, and wh- like I which one you want to replace. That. All what? I want, all I, I don't want to see any of that. All I want, I want is for my save to always be available. On Vita right now, if you go to delete a game yeah. and you have not manually backed up your game or if you're not a PS Plus subscriber, yeah. it will delete your save game. And servers don't grow on trees, Chrissy. And if you're not a PS Plus subscriber, a subscriber, you have to manually back up your save game over a USB cable or Wi-Fi to your computer this, or your PlayStation. Why 3. are you? Why are you? I've literally never done this in my life. Then what are, are you, you doing with your life that you have to fucking secure your saves every other day? Because if you're going to delete a game that you spent, if I'm going to delete Persona Four, I don't want to lose my save file just because I want that that three gigabytes back. Yeah, what's why are you, June why are you deleting do? it before you finish it? But I'm yeah. saying, no, but I'm saying if I finished Stumped. it. Stumpers. You troll. My point being is it's bizarre to me that I can't store my save game separately from the game on my 16 gig, $8,000 PS Vita memory stick. So I tend to shy away from buying digital Vita games, especially if I don't have to. So for Rim Capsule, not only is it a dollar more, 
but it's going to take up room on my super expensive storage medium on my Vita. Probably like 130 megs. It's like, it, yeah, which is like $18 in the, in the, <laughs> in the ratio. Uh, um, yeah. Point being is like um, if I if I store it there, it's a lot easier for me to store it on iOS. It's easy for me to delete and re-add on iOS. Um, yeah. I never have to think about it. Whereas on Vita, it be, it's like a it's a thing. Flip side, and, flip side. Okay. Free games, free games. Yeah, flip side, free games, which is awesome. Let's um let's move on to another thing. So I I'm gonna bring a game. Uh, I know we talk about uh, discussing the latest and greatest newest releases on the besties, um, but my best thing of the week is um, the best game. For a bunch of people that I actually hate, <laughs> and that game is Earthbound, because Earthbound okay. is awful, and I hated it. Well, why? Wow. Why are you bringing it then? Um, You're obviously just doing this to upset our fans. That's uh, no, actually, it was mostly just to upset you, Griffin, because I know how much Earthbound is a part of your life. Yeah, sure, but only to the extent that I've never played it, and I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> are you, that can't be true. That's a hundred percent true. But your but your Animal Crossing town is named Onet. Yeah, it's just a nice name for a town. You are lying. <laughs> I swear to God, and to God, um, I've never played it. I played maybe I played maybe like ten minutes of it on like oh my maybe God, an emulator is, in high school. But wow, this is bad. I, I don't even know how to address this situation. I'm so thrown. I have bad I mean, news for you, I have never been able to to get into it though. And I'm not, I mean, I just confess that I've played only 10 minutes of it. But, like, for me, when I pick up a classic role-playing game and every interaction that you do goes through that check, talk, item, yep. equip, magic menu, like, I'm fucking out. Well, for... Game, game you're going to be long enough as is. I don't need you giving me a menu every to, time I try to To defend um, Earthbound, which I, I, I don't really want to Whoa, do, but I will turned. say this. I thought, I thought you were here to... All right. Uh, I do want to say that um, Earthbound does have shortcuts for interactions, so if you want to talk to someone, it's just a one-button press. That being said, um, I think a lot of people love this game because it's sort. It, you know, when it came out, it was set in modern day, um, contrary to like a lot of RPGs uh, of the era, which were set in um, fantasy or futuristic or whatever. This is like, oh, it's just a regular town, and you know, quirky characters and story, et cetera, et cetera. Um, hopping into it now, I'd never played the game until just last week, when, or two weeks ago, when it was uh, released on Wii U. Um, I was so struck by how painful it is to get through, because the game is structured around a few things, one of which is like really like obtuse ways to progress through the game. Like you're given an objective, and if you don't select like the right dialogue choice from a guy, for example, or very early in the game, you have to get into this garden that's guarded by thugs. And the thugs are like, do you want to join our club? And I say yes to try to like sneak into the garden. They're like, well, too bad. Go away. And the only way I literally walked away for an hour. And the only way to get into that garden was to say no. And then that granted you ma magic access. Um, so there's that. And also just the combat. Oh, my God. It's just like so dry and grindy and dull. And it really goes to show, like, I think a lot of people probably have a lot of fondness. I know Chris Plant has a lot of fondness for Earthbound. But when you go back to it after 20, right. 15 years. So, when, you, when you go back to play old games like that, it's, it's for one of, one of two reasons that I can think of. And one is that it is still mechanically very 
fun to play or somehow the mechanics are almost like a niche like sure. nobody makes games like that yeah anymore. i mean like, and, there I are, could, and there are plenty of old games that are still like super mario one is still a fun game to play sure nintendo 64 is the fucking king of this right because every my favorite installments of all of nintendo's games are more or less all on nintendo 64 like when i'm i'm hanging out drinking with my friends it's mario kart 64 sure. or original smash brothers golden eye uh, Goldeneye, sure. Um, well, I guess. Although that one... It's even, bad. It has not aged yeah. well. Um, but, th- but there are those games that are just like mechanically still either fun or unique in that nobody makes games like that anymore. Yep. Um, and then there is the nostalgia factor of just like being in love with sort of the world and the mood and the story and the characters of a game. And I think Earthbound is seated pretty securely in that second yep. thing and not the first thing. And the problem is, like, I'm actually kind of jealous of the people who do love Earthbound because I some of my favorite games are the games that I have just, like, unerring nostalgia for. Uh, and I don't have that for Earthbound. And so I doubt that I'll ever be able to get into it in the way that they do because when a game is not mechanically sound, um, even when it does have the benefit of being, like, a, a nostalgic smorgasbord... Um, I can't get into it. Yeah. I just can't. I, I, I have a very, very hard time. So, like, people who are paying $10 to play this game again on Wii U um, and, like, loving the shit out of it, I, I, I'm imagining that most of those people are, you know, devouts already. Yeah, but I think a lot of those people are also people that uh, maybe don't remember just how grindy it is. Like, uh, you remember the, like, super memorable moment like when such and such sacrificed himself, blah blah blah, but you don't Spoiler. remember the two, yeah, the two hours where you spent fighting ants in a cave over and over and yeah. over again until you were strong enough to beat the boss. And in a lot of ways, the game, the way it's structured, is made for children because there's no death punishment. When you die, you don't lose any progress or experience. You just get sent back to a phone. And the idea is you could essentially just keep marching yourself into a dungeon, level up, level up, level up, until you're so powerful that you just crush everyone, and then you beat the boss. And for a kid, that would be, like, a satisfying way to spend an afternoon, because obviously, you know, you feel like you're getting more powerful. For people that play games, to a certain extent, that require a little bit of skill and thought, um, that's not a satisfying way. You don't feel like you accomplished anything. You felt like you had a pulse, and that was the only reason you got through it. So, uh, Earthbound came out in 1995. Yep. I was, I don't know, 16 or so. you are old. I don't remember playing Earthbound. I never had it. None of my friends ever had it. It sold like 18 copies in the U.S., which yeah. is why it's... it's it gone came in that giant box. Kind of legendary status. Do you know what game I did play, which came out a little later in 1995? I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Yeah, guess. Chrono Trigger. No. Oh, okay. This mm-hmm. game was by Square. Okay. So you're close. It Secret of it Mana. Fits Secret of Evermore. Secret of Evermore. That game fucking rules, though. The same nostalgic criteria that people use to define Earthbound, which is, man, it was the first time I played a game, you know, JRPG, or in, in, you know, in this case it was made in America, but JRPG format, um, where, where it, it's like me, right? It takes place in America. You know, Secret of Evermore well, has the same... I mean, it's not really... I don't even think that one of the four ages that game is set in... It, it opens up in Podunk, USA, but it very yeah. quickly turns to, like, prehistoric past and then Roman sure. ages. Sure, but then, my point being is it starts in Podunk, USA. You play as a kid, uh, and you have a dog that follows you around, and it's not fantasy. 
you know, it doesn't... You reference all these, you do reference, like, all these modern-day yeah. fictional pulp movies, which is... God damn, I love that fucking game. That game is so good. It uses the same combat, roughly, as Secret of Mana, which holds mm-hmm. up really well still. It was, like, um, Ze- it's real-time, like, zelda It's real-time, like, zelda yeah. Yeah, yeah. But RPG mechanics in there, like, um, you know, you level up, you have... You, know, you have a dog. Stats. You have a dog companion, and everyone yeah. loves that. Who can shape well, shift? Earthbound technically had a dog too. Um, my, my point being is, Secret of Evermore and Earthbound are really similar. It's straight up, um, you know, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Like yeah. these two games came out. Neither of them did well in North America. This was um, Secret of Evermore was by Square Enix North America. I think they were called or Square North America. It wasn't Square Enix at that point, point. Um, and it was their first title. And it was like, okay, we're gonna make games in the West and appeal to that audience. And it did horribly and then they, yeah. i think it was the last game they made too i played that nobody or at least most people but you know griffin and i are the only two remember that one that game's not out on virtual console when you put secret of evermore on virtual console for ten dollars i'm gonna freak out and buy it, it this is this is the thing though like the love that we have for that game is the same as the love that people Absolutely. have for for earthbound and i imagine like people it's, listened to the beginning of this segment and got like super pissed off like i am you should feel very very lucky that you that you feel pissed off because i feel like i didn't miss many like fucking name any game from the snes to playstation Mm -hmm. one role-playing game era and like man i will go toe-to-toe with you like illusion of gaia yeah sure let's fucking rap about it but i miss this one and so i don't get to i don't like none of us get to be a part of that yeah, I'm with of you. Sadly, the one person that could right comment on. is shitting know, his pants right now. But like, that's good. That's good to be part of that club and yeah. like see your game underrepresented. And like, when it does come back, it's like, holy shit! Like, I don't know to 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 have a reason to like celebrate the Wii U right now. Like that that's genuinely exciting. Like, but I, I so kind of regret that. I but if you it, never played it, I'd strongly recommend not because you probably hate it. As long as we're pointing out, you know. <laughs> following the Vita discussion on portable consoles, I've been playing my 3DS a lot more lately um, mm-hmm. as it gets better games. And, you know, as clumsy as it is, it doesn't suffer the same storage problem because you can just put on SD cards. They don't cost anything. You could swap them out. Um, it, but you know what I think is bizarre to me, especially if you're charging $10 for a ROM of a nearly 20-year-old game. What's that? Um, why I can't take my... Why I can't buy it on 3DS... It's it's completely inscrutable the way they've gated. Yeah, it's terrible. Virtual consoles, cross consoles. Yeah, it makes no sense. The, I mean, the only thing I can think, like the the in absence of an explanation, like the only logical thing I can think is they want you to buy these fucking games twice. Or I think they're using it to try and drive adoption of Wii U. Maybe, help. but there's no SNES games on 3DS, correct? Well, yeah, I think you're right. And that's bonkers to it me. Doesn't like, make any sense to me. Yeah, crazy. I really um, would, if I could buy this game, no, especially if I could buy it, have it in a Nintendo cloud locker and access it from my 3DS or access it from my Wii U or wherever, share the same save even, you know, hey, wink, wink. But even now, like, just the fact that it's $10 and I have to play it on my Wii U, which I live downtown in Philadelphia, I can't, I can't go more, I can't even go to my kitchen and have my Wii U gamepad work properly. I can't go upstairs though, so I have to play it on my couch. Um, I just don't get it. Like I, yeah. I, I would play Earthbound. I would buy it today if I could play it on my 3DS. Play it on the train. There's a ton of super, like Super Metroid in a heartbeat. Link to yep. the Past in a heartbeat. Like there's a Secret ton. Of Evermore. 
ton so more. of Super Can't Nintendo games me. I would kill to have on 3DS. I would. Ne- I will never understand their the, the what policies are in place. Everybody needs money, right? Like I know there's always uh, like with the Nintendo stuff, especially there's all these like old licenses and people sometimes don't even know like who has rights. But not to for what Super Metroid. Having, like, yeah, Everybody and also wants if money. No company, if if any company on the earth can make that excuse, it's not fucking Nintendo because all of their games that people want to play, like most of them are first party. Right. Almost all of them were published by Nintendo that aren't first party. Like, yeah, there's no rights issue it's here. Secret it's, of Evermore. It's perplexing. Secret of Evermore I, wasn't published by Nintendo. I don't think so. It's Square. It, it has to be. I mean, it has to be them just wanting to leave a clean playing field for some of their older games. But that just I, it, that seems crazy to me too because this is like free money you already made this game but no you can play game boy games what 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 i would say i mean maybe this is a little accusatory what i would say nintendo apologists when i complain about their virtual console strategy which is i i I think really I, i hesitate to even call it a strategy um people usually say oh well if they released them all they would all get drowned out and then nobody would know and they wouldn't be able to promote each game as it comes out and it's like my question is usually what what came out this week if it's such if they're putting such a spotlight on it what yeah. came out this week like nobody knows the reality is people are buying ouyas to be emulation boxes because you can just download it and get a torrent full of every rom ever and for ten dollars for earthbound when it doesn't work on your 3ds when you can't save it and when i'm not even sure if it'll work on my wii u too when that comes out in a year yeah. um because nintendo has never shown a willingness to allow you to move your software content from one device to another so well, i'm legitimately not that not the virtual console shit but i mean they, they were actually pretty good about getting eShop games that i bought on my ds to transfer over to the 3ds and then 3ds to the 3ds xl and same with the yes. wii to wii u well wii to wii u you pay they yeah, don't. there's an upgrade well, fee. They they go over. Well, for, you for go virtual into the console, Wii right? Menu. For virtual console games, but not for eShop games, right? I think so. Yeah, I think for all those games, it, it goes onto your Wii U, and if you want to, if it becomes available on the Wii U market, or sorry, yeah. it goes into the I Wii mean, menu. Whatever it is, it, there's no it. question that it's bonkers and like totally out of whack. Oh, and you think to like, what's that Newell quote where he says, "Piracy is a service issue, and it's we need to, issue. yeah, and we need to offer a better service." Nintendo is not offering a good alternative to piracy, uh, piracy right now, or piracy no, of the, the seas. Of, for that, they're matter. suing the shit out of everybody that hoves into their field of vision in terms yep. of piracy. <laughs> yeah, that's their 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 piracy strategy is not to make a better product or to compete. It's just to sue anybody. Right, that, fans that upload gameplay videos online sue them too. Right. Like it's crazy well, um, to me. They're not suing them. They're just taking all the money they make off of. Right. Hosting. You guys, you fucking Xbox are like totally bringing down <laughs> my Nintendo train. Let's let's go to halftime. Halftime. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print, little details, and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know. The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice 
easy solution to save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages. Sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up, you just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi, and once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old, I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old, and they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family, all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Halftime. Oh, we didn't talk about this. Did something happen to anybody? Well, Dez got her heart broken. Oh, wait. We talked about that last week. <laughs> well, we tried to. Oh, I missed that? We, Shit. We tried to, but it, we decided it was not probably uh, something to talk about. Um, talk about QuakeCon. Oh, yeah. Let's let's talk, uh, let's yeah. talk about QuakeCon. Because, okay. that'll, that'll transition into my thing nicely. I, I went to QuakeCon. Um, was it like, like balls hot? I mean, I, I'm from Austin. I drove up three hours. It wasn't like... Yeah, it went from like 106 degrees to 108 oh. degrees. So are, like, is that are those serious numbers or are those like? It, it, it's 107 degrees in Austin. That's why no. It's a dry heat. It's a dry. It, <laughs> it's a dry no, heat. no shitting, Russ. Like I'll I'll go sit outside in a, in a beer garden right now. Like it's it's the driest heat. You sweat for like three minutes and then you're totally over it. Yeah, because you're dead. <laughs> yeah, because you die. All the fluid leaves your body. Uh, that's horrifying. But uh, the show was the sh- is the show fun to go to? As- I love I love the show. Okay. I love the show for a number of reasons. One, it's in the the Hilton Anatole, which is like a pretty sweet hotel. Um, no pun intended, I guess, because like suites are things. A hotel that, suite, that, right? Yeah. I got it. Um, yeah. I, I didn't stay in a hotel suite. Um, yeah, it's it's great to. When you are a man of my work ethic, it is it is wonderful to poop where you eat and also where you work and sleep. I pooped and I ate and I worked and I slept all in the same building. And that was good for like a person like me. Yeah. Which is to say uh, 
uh, the human equivalent of a three-toed sloth. So it's essentially like the ballrooms are taken up by the conference, mm-hmm. and your room is upstairs, and that's pretty much My it. room is upstairs. There's the... There's there's one sort of um, a, like mid-sized conference hall. It, it's not even comparable to an E3 or a PAX. So, there are only a couple of, couple of companies showing off actual games that weren't Bethesda, although Bethesda was showing off like quite a few games. So if you were to meet like a John Romero cosplayer, you could take him right back to your room right upstairs. And let me tell you, Chris, uh, my first night there, and I don't want to get blue or body on this podcast for children, but... Uh, I was, let's say, perturbed. Let's just say I was um, unable to go to sleep because of, let's call them, good vibrations. Oh, <laughs> my bed was my bed was flush with the wall, and um, a lot of, the, a lot of fragging the, going on next door. There was some fragging. Was there? Somebody <laughs> had their fingers on wasd and were. <laughs> And we're doing some major maybe some, some blast processing. There was a little bit of rocket jumping happening in the yeah. other room. <laughs> were there gibs? Were there gibs? There were there? gibs everywhere. It was no joke. Mega like, textures. Were they, hey, were they? Um, were they fucking? <laughs> <laughs> Damn um, it! My bed was Shit. literally like shaking. So furious was the sex that the people were having in the other room. Sixty frames uh, a second, maybe even. Yeah, maybe sixty pumps a second. It 60 was. A second. It was. Um, it was crazy, and it lasted an hour. So kudos, Whoa. I guess. Well done. Um, so you should. We should mention though. You you're not entirely sure that it was two people. It could have just been one person and like an Oculus. And and that special plug-in. No, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't hear anything, so you have a good plug-in. point. The pumping was erratic, so I know it wasn't some sort of um, piston. Okay. Um, it wasn't pneumatic in nature. Yeah. Anyway, I'm grossed out continuing to talk about this. That, I mean, there's, like, a lot of, like, you know, screaming down the hall. Did they have but- the John Carmack keynote playing in the background for, like, mood music? <laughs> <laughs> I actually made that joke on Twitter. Um and somebody said that was just John Carmack coding something. Uh, that talk went on almost three hours, which is shorter than usual. Uh, my computer did die. My MacBook Air, which traditionally has a pretty beefy battery. Carmack fucking killed it again. Can't hold up. Do you think he saps energy from nearby computer sources with his com- robot brain? Maybe. Um, no, the, sh- the show is genuinely like a lot of fun. Like you can tell, and I'm not, I, I hope I don't sound like demeaning or like, oh, look at, look at this nerd zoo like because that's like i'm being as as genuine as i possibly can like it it is nice to be around a group of people who it like playing video games this way so much and like this is it for them this is it this is this is their last vestige of a local multiplayer party of this scope well come on no, it's not that you don't understand. Like you haven't been to QuakeCon, you don't Clearly understand not. how just just how much we're talking about an entire. I think it's two ballrooms with the wall in the middle taken out, with like thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have brought their own computers, all locally connected to play video games together, and like the dedication games. and how just fucking psyched they are to be there is like intoxicating. It's awesome. Um, not only like just like walking around that room and like being reminded of old games and like seeing people play old games in multiplayer that you didn't know people were still fucking into like um 
Oh, God. What was that one game, Justin, that we played where it was two uh, factions playing against each other and it was like kind of a fantasy strategy? Chex Quest. Huh? Chex Quest. No, it wasn't Chex Quest. And like one person from each team was the commander and they could like. Oh, oh, oh. Sa- Savage? Savage, like maybe. I saw like people play. Right? I saw people playing that and it's like, who the fuck is like. This is the only time of year this person's going to play this game. And that's why they stay up for two straight days doing it. You, you know what's like, you know what's interesting this week in terms of end of an era. Uh, well, that's my uh, that's actually the thing I'm bringing. So if you would yeah, mind that, like not ruining it, no, um, go into it. I'm just saying, do it. So my story this week um, that I'm bringing the best thing because I think at the end of the day it is a good thing. Uh, John Carmack is uh, going to become the the CTO, the chief tech, tech technology officer, the chief techno orifice of uh, of Oculus 3D. Um, for the Oculus Rift. And what would you say that is the, the best of? Products. Um, best career move? I don't go. know, man. Um, it's So covering QuakeCon, um, and I've only done it two years now, and I again, I really do like the show, but it is kind of an exercise in futility when it comes to like getting anything on Doom because nobody really wants to talk about it, which is perplexing, right? Like, in the absence of any official information beyond... Uh, Pete Hines from Bethesda did confirm that they rebooted the game in 2011, um, which if you didn't read that that Kotaku report uh, that cited a few sources working on the game anonymously, like, the shit is not great with Doom 4. Like, the, the development has been troubled, to say the least. And instead of, like, coming out and giving being transparent and, like, giving updates to sort of try and convince the community uh, that is stuck by the Doom franchise um, all these years that everything's going okay it's just been like here here's the perfect perfect example of of sort of the, their strategy nobody said the words doom or doom 4 to me the entire weekend like if i asked them about doom 4 they would talk about their current project and like i know you know it's not not doom 4 because last year all they talked about was we are not doing anything else but doom 4 like they they scrapped their mobile game initiatives they said like we're focusing so we are all hands so they say right so you ask a question about dune 4 and they're like well with our current project right like nobody has to be the, dune 4 it's it's not fucking voldemort like you you can say the name of the game like we're not gonna i, I don't understand the strategy of like being so you know what it might be this is the only what? thing i can think of and it's bonkers but I, maybe by doing it that way you essentially, when it does like eventually reappear, which presumably it will, it becomes more of a to do because essentially no one's like officially talked about it for the last three years. Yeah, it's the only I, thing I, I can think. Like of. they're trying to put the genie back yeah, in the exactly. bottle, as it were. But here's the thing: Carmack is was the technology chief chief robot. His, his he was chief robot for id software. Yep. He was building. He's building id tech five, um, which is going. It was parts of it were in Doom 3 BFG edition, but it is, like, fully powering Doom 4. It's fully but, powering Wolfenstein, Ra- the new Rage. It also powered Rage. It also powered Rage. And in a lot um, of ways, I think one of the reasons I think Carmack left is is he's no longer building... Right. He said uh, during his talk, built. when somebody asked how, like, work was going on in Tech 5, he basically characterized, like, what they were doing as optimization. Because, it, like, they just delayed Wolfenstein a couple months. It's going into 2014. Um, but, like... 
that game's getting pretty close. And like, it's it's too far along now for them to make any like super substantial changes to id Tech Five. I, I I would assume. Yeah. Um, for them to sort of incorporate those changes into development, because like what I played seemed pretty like it was short, but it seemed pretty. I don't know. Yeah, but I would be curious to see how much uh, how much the response to Rage has shaped sort of the what do you what do you mean by the response for the response to rage? Well, the, uh, well why rage was not well liked universally. Not yeah, yeah not universally. I, I think fire. that they okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't characterize its its critical response as being like. It's got like an 80, 81 on, on Metacritic. Like, critically, it was pretty well received. Commercially, well, me, is where the, the, the wheels could, fell off the fucking We, we could have a discussion would, about the yeah, merits of I, it was not a, It was not a great game. It was a good game. It was not a great game. And I think if you're going to sink that kind of time and resources into the kind of games that it makes, like, it has to be... You know, I, I think it would be similar to if, like, Bethesda put up one of their big open-world games it's very much like each one is not only a massive investment of um time resources energy and money it's also very much a statement of like here is where our company where this is our company this is where we're at right now if if skyrim got an eight out of ten on average that would be a massive failure but we're kind of and i'm wondering if they're second guessing because like the by and large the response to rage which was like this is where we are as a company this is who we are this is where we want to go the response was very yeah. much like, huh, well, yeah. okay. We're kind of okay. we're kind of getting away from the thing, but like <laughs> the reason that that Bethesda is not releasing a game this year, I think is because they learned their lesson from the past couple of years when they released Rage, but I mean they're also building this IP catalog which like other than Dishonored almost across the board has not been a, a winning strategy for them. They had Rogue Warrior, they had Wet, they had Brink. Like the, it it that strategy is not paying big dividends. So I, I think that next year when they do release Wolfenstein and Elder Scrolls Online, um, which is another segue within a segue looking pretty fucking good. Um, I would not, by the way, characterize Wet, Rogue Warrior, and whatever as part of the same initiative that yeah. brought Dishonored to us. That was very much was a play to like, one. let's try to buy our way into being an actual publisher as cheaply as we possibly yeah. can right um, but i think that they were i don't i i there's some crossover between those I, I what i'm saying is that their strategy now is we can't we can't become a better publisher and we can't build this respected ip library by just like releasing games in new intellectual property like mm-hmm. as, as quickly as we possibly can because like i think their it, strategy it, now is it's it's simple the old strategy was make some good internal games and publish whatever you can get your hands on cheap. Their new strategy is owned and operated. Like, yeah. everything they're doing is owned and operated. Prey it's 2 failed externally at Human Head. I would not be surprised to see Prey 2 rebooted inside of a studio like Arcane or inside of id. Um, anyway, all of that <laughs> is completely unrelated to John Carmack. Uh, I, I, think, I think ultimately... You guys are right. I think John Carmack just wasn't fucking doing. But he didn't leave. Let's be clear. He didn't leave. No, despite the fact that like so many people who reported this story said that he was leaving, which like to to in their defense, I think even the the press release that announced his new position said that he formerly of of id id software, which is not true. He's very much still there, but like he in a tweet said that his breakdown of time is now 
mostly Oculus Rift, second id Software, third Armadillo Aerospace, billions of dollars <laughs> that I'm flushing down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the John, first man on John Mars. John Carmack's rocket explosion slush fund. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, like I think it's a good thing. I've only met Carmack once. Um, I actually kind of. I want to be. I want to be John Carmack's account. Like, okay, John, let's make really this is. out. It really is. You've got a pretty good chunk of dough coming in for making all these great games, and you have a line item here in your budget for just burning money. <laughs> and it's not burning so much as you're putting it in a rocket and blowing it up. Yeah, like, what is the, that's also he the Richard Garriott accountant? He's very. Depressed. He talked about <laughs> right, except Garriott made it to fucking space on someone else's <laughs> rocket. Gary, a lot of people don't know that once Garriott made it to space. He actually took a shit on a picture of John Carmack. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, but it's true. He wiped his ass. He ta- Carmack talked during his keynote about how, like, he, he's basically out of the aeronautics game for a while because, like, he basically had to run it by his wife. Like, hey, I I know we're super rich. I'm going to take a couple mil, and it'll be Johnny's fun money. And then he <laughs> built a lot of exploding rockets with that. Um, he killed He killed a lot of space dogs. And then, uh, I'm just kidding. I can't confirm or deny if there were dogs in the I could. <laughs> anyway. I like, I like Carmack because Carmack's always been a guy that follows. And the reason I like this news and it kind of like, um, you'll remember a lot of people uh, that the uh, Oculus Rift lost its, its last sort of like big, big thinker when he was killed in a sort of very random hit. And I shouldn't say big thinker. I, I say that just because I, I don't recall his 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 technical he's one of the co-founders right one of the co-founders of the company lost him in a in a sort of tragic very bizarre hit and run uh during a police chase um so i do wonder if there's a sense of of you know trying to help remedy that that has led carmack into this new gig honest to god it's just honestly i think it is not them acquiring carmack i think it is like uh, when i met carmack uh, it was during a Doom 3 BFG edition demo on Oculus Rift. It was my first time meeting Carmack and my first time playing Oculus Rift. And it was like the most exciting thing um, because he was so fucking excited about it. Like he he was like overjoyed to be the person to sort of introduce this to the press because at this time last year, like Oculus wasn't nearly at the level where it is now where like a lot of people have played it at events. Um he's just like very very enthusiastic about about what they're doing and i think uh the the sort of tide of press towards oculus rift has changed over the past year from being like look at this oddity like look at this crazy vr thing that is sort of a going to become like this boutique um piece of hardware to like and i and i think carmax joining the company gives it legitimacy to like this is the fucking future like this is this is a thing that a lot of us are going to own and play games on, and it's going to provide an experience that we cannot get with any other device on the market right now. Keep, keep in mind, three D ass. Keep in mind with Carmack and Oculus. The first time when, when we were still publishing under the Verge, um, we did a report. We had one of the first stories on the Rift, and it was not Oculus Rift showing us this device. It was John Carmack showing yeah. it to us in his lab like Carmack consulted on it early on I guess the the story is that Palmer Lucky built it and like reached out to people like Carmack and Carmack basically told him like you did it (laughs) like right you know nobody else has figured out you did it this is the real deal 
Carmack's been an advocate for this thing forever. Some of the first demos we ever saw of Oculus Rift were from id so like you know I, yeah, he's he had a long it. history with them he loves the thing um and to me it definitely seems like him following his his gut you know and it also seems like if carmack just fucking loves disclosure that's why he does a, a three-hour-long keynote speech every year at quakecon he just likes talking about his ideas and like the things he's working on and trends that he sees in in the technology space that like nobody else is really doing yeah. in the entire games industry, at least not not with the um, intellect that that Carmack is yeah. putting. Yeah, and the benefit, so like, the, he's uh, now going from a company where he's not allowed to talk about anything. Right. He, he what, his three hour keynote. I timed it out. He talked for seven seconds about Doom Four, and he said, "I asked, and they said I couldn't talk about Doom Four. <laughs> so like now he's going from a place where he can't talk about. It. Like there's this inexplicable gag order about the the project he's he's most closely working on to a company where he can like do fucking daily blog posts talking yeah. about the latency and, and I don't know, yeah. like it's I'm, all I'm excited like, for him. It's so much that, like grokking, like you could get so deep into like how, how to make a cool Oculus game. And there's so much like nitty gritty technical and like feel stuff that he could just go nuts over. And, um, I think it's great news for everyone. Uh, I'm super excited uh, that he uh, is uh, over there, and I love the Oculus. I want to. I want to use it more. Although uh, I will say that Dear Esther made me want to vomit for about three hours after playing. Yeah. But other than that, I thought it was amazing. Let's uh, uh, let's get to our. I want to. Yeah. I want to talk about my thing, my special thing. Um. Uh, my best single player co-op game of the year. Last wait, 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 wait. Single player what? Single co-op. player co-op. Okay, so Brothers. Okay. A Tale of Two Sons. Brothers. Brothers. Uh, the, it is a game, the new game from Starbreeze. It's on XBLA right now uh, and it's coming to PC and PS3, I think, September 3rd? Somewhere in there. Um, so, in Brothers is a fantasy uh, I guess puzzle platformer for lack of a better term uh you control two brothers just named little and big they're never uh they, you, there's no names there's actually no dialogue that's spoken in big English. the cat um no 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 relation brother, uh is is how he's referred to in the ui which is really the only referral we get uh in brothers you are controlling both of them simultaneously um big brother is on the left thumbstick and Little Brother is on the right thumbstick. And since you can't press any buttons as a result, all the interaction is with the triggers. So um, anytime you want to interact with something, be it like lift someone up a cliff or pick something up or call for your brother to point something out to him, um, the, you do it with the trigger, uh, which is actually a really... Uh, beyond the sort of central conceit controls conceit which is super interesting is also a, a great testament to how overcomplicated we've made a lot of um uh control schemes this is all super contextual uh and it all and it all works great but what's a little challenging at first is trying to control two characters uh with two different hands which is not like intuitive at least at first um but and i talked about this in my review by learning to control both of them together and, and getting better at it, it is actually sort of an interesting mechanical stand-in 
for the relationship between the two of them. So you, as your brain puts together those two parts that are controlling both of them, um, I started to at least feel a little bit more of a connection between uh, the brothers. Um, you said it's like because they're they're as you are learning to make them work together, they are learning to work together. Like that's sort yeah, of yeah, exactly. And I mean, and a lot of that's just implied. I mean, it's it's implied through some of the stuff that happens in the game, but it's largely implied just through your own experiences with them. Um, I've really hesitated to, and I'm going to continue to here. I don't want to talk about almost anything because the it's so great about introducing interesting gameplay ideas and then moving on once it has uh, you know introduced run them its course and, and yeah. run its course and, and not even run its course it's like it, they almost always leave you wanting more yeah. like oh that was neat I'm I'm glad I didn't get tired of that before they stopped doing it um, but the game actually has some really interesting things to say and I think important things to say and it says them all through mechanics um, I was completely unprepared for the game I was not like I first heard of it like literally when Arthur sent me the yeah I, I had it. never I did, I did, was it like shown to D3 I don't even know I think it was it's a 505 game like that's who's publishing it so it's like not a big yeah. publisher behind it um which is part of it, but I, it's the first time of arcade game, so you know, hopefully, it's getting a push there. But it's a fascinating, like, wonderful game that's short, and you don't want it spoiled for you. So one of the things that I, I go buy it. It's like three hours long. I can't remember it. if I read it in your review or somewhere else, but one of the things that I, I read about it that like blew my mind was in in terms of like using controls to tell and basically only controls to tell a story is the character development inherent in just using the left and right thumbsticks because your left hand is so used to um, controlling the movement of characters in a 3D space. So the big brother moves around sort of confidently and in the direction you want them to go, while the little brother is mapped to the right thumbstick, which you're not used to moving characters in space um, with. So so he's like almost always... Clumsier. Like clumsier and like moving in in errant directions and getting lost and like that sort of says something about the characters. That and that's that's a great like example of I didn't point that out specifically in my review and that's a great point. Um, It didn't even occur to me really while I was playing. But there's there's all kinds of little things like that. Like um, if you there's this one bit that I talked about in the review. But if you oh oh I know uh, I'll use a different one because there are many. Uh, You come across this guy playing a harp. And if you walk up to the guy with little brother and pull the interaction trigger, uh, he like takes a shot at it and it and plays like a little tune and the guy playing it like applauds for him. If you try it with big brother, he's like clumsier and not good at it and gets kind of embarrassed for trying. Mm. And like, that's a little, that's a tiny thing that you can run right by. Um, all the, uh, achievements are actually tied to moments like oh, that, like seeking stuff like that out and just finding neat little moments that have no effect on the gameplay or the outcome of the game. They're just there for you to discover. Okay. Um, the whole game's beautiful, which helps. Like you want to seek out these these vistas because they're like gorgeous. But um, it's interesting though because of the because the controls are so simple. Um, that lends itself to a lot of mystery because essentially, like you don't know what hitting the interaction button is going to do when you're standing next to someone. 
Um, and you wouldn't get that if you're playing like an Assassin's Creed where like, you know what jump is, you know what climb is. Um, there's... Yeah, you never get a prompt or anything like that. I mean, a lot of times that's part of the, the challenge of the game. It's not a hard game, but there are moments where you're like not sure what to do. And largely it's experiment. it comes down to experimentation. I mean, trying to figure out, okay, I wonder if they'll do this if I pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, which helps, to, I think, build an, a sense of an independent character for them, too, because uh, a lot of times what they do is uh, seems to be decided on their own recognizance um, rather than you saying, like, okay, shoot the rocket launcher now. Yeah. Um, the rocket launcher edition late game is super weird and kind of imbalances the whole is it, thing. Can you get prestige and do a gold skin on it? or? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. It's similar to Journey. Awesome. There's a hidden gold cape. Um, I, I, it's, it's marvelous. Um, I can't recommend it enough. And seriously, if you wait too long, it's going to be one of those things that people are going to be dying to talk about. And I don't want it to be ruined for you. So try to stay dark on it at least until, you know, September, if you have to wait for those platforms, uh, cause it is great. It's a great game. You should buy it right now. Cool. And take your time with it. Don't rush through it. Cause you really could. I, I'm surprised I haven't heard more gripes about the, uh, the length sounds like it's about yeah. as long as Limbo. It, the Limbo is a good is a good parallel. What's the price on it? What's the price on this bad boy? It's gonna get you fifteen bucks. Oofies, oofies. That's just. Um, I, I mean, that's like a that's like a that's two a movie. movie tickets. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not the length of two movies, which is. Well, hold on, hold on. That's two. No, that's, that's two one Austin, movie ticket. Texas Where do you live? Yeah, exactly. Right. That is one. Literally one movie, movie ticket. ticket. Actually, not as much as a three D movie ticket cheaper than a 3d movie this is the I mean, horror i live in why are you seeing let's why are you seeing movies ever let's just ignore the bread basket i guess let's just explore yeah. like the the middle working class that's that's perfect uh, a perfect end to a perfect episode <laughs> <laughs> uh now i despite my hearty recommendation i understand that nobody on this call has played it yet um i'm not sure anybody else on staff has um, which makes me wonder jimmy like, shelton how much has like, played it and he loved it okay Thank God. At least there's Jimmy. Do you think it's Thank designed God, for Jimmy. people who have brothers and it's a very affecting? I, I mean, I no joke. That probably I have a brother helps. Like it, it, it. Uh, I I think that because I have more of a connection like that, I I it it got me. Well, here's the thing, than Griffin. It might further people. Justin was all like, "I'm big brother. I'm confident. Look how boldly I move. I move with purpose." And then yeah. little brother's all like, "I'm an Drunk. idiot. I can't do it." Well, anything. he probably he probably actually visualized Travis. Oh, which is okay, which is fine. Fair. There's that's three fair. of us, and there's only two yeah. players in the in the game. So like that's that's totally understandable. Yeah. Um, but go buy brothers right now, and uh, that's gonna do it for us here on the besties. Let's pick the best. What was the best thing? I really liked uh, that I, John Carmack news. Oh, I kind of want to vote for brothers to be honest, because it's it's the one thing that like I'm most pumped about, especially after seeing reading your review and doing seeing the video review. It was so poetic. And I'm not even yeah. being facetious. I actually thought you did an amazing yeah, job. Yeah, go, re- go read the review and watch the video. It's very so I would vote for brother, brothers. All right. I did it for once. Yes. Well, I haven't. I didn't vote. No yet. one cares. You don't need to. Okay, well, <laughs> you don't need to. You're a guest. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week on The Besties. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you to our special guest, Chris Grant. Uh, if you want to get more video game content, uh, more video game media. <laughs> Just content. Look, you always content. want words with images. Open up your troll and let the content fall in uh polygon.com at polygon on twitter uh, facebook slash polygon youtube slash polygon polygon.com.tumblr.com uh we have many avenues for you to explore uh g- google 
the plus.google.com forward slash plus polygon. Polygon, polygon to polygon is a new one. Yeah, there's so much. Um, and uh, thank you for listening to our show. Please share it with a friend if you can. Give us a review on iTunes. And make sure you join us again next Friday for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best things? <laughs>